I'd seen men die before. Lots of them, because it's my job. I execute the enemies of the state. Of course, enemies of the state are coverall. A phrase to mean we execute anyone and everyone we don't like. Rome rules. And seeing our power displayed in the bodies of the dead tends to keep people in line. But, but this one was different. The other two were just like everyone else we crucified, pleading, panicking, promising, cursing and threatening as we nailed them in place. But not this man, Jesus. When he was passed on to us to crucify, already he was in a bad state. His back was more like jelly than flesh because of the whipping the others had given him. And he'd lost a lot of blood. They'd also rammed a crown of thorns on his head, which had the blood flowing down his face. Honestly, he was pretty much a miracle he was still alive for us to nail up there. But that said, he was alive and he knew what was happening and spent the next six hours being the kind of person I'd never met or seen before in all my life. As I said, usually when we nail them in place, they're screaming, crying, panicking and pleading. You know, that kind of thing. But not this man, Jesus. Instead, through the stress of it all, he looks up at us and at the hate-filled faces all around of people who seem to be loving every moment of his suffering. And instead of cursing us all, he calls out to his father. He calls, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. It took a moment to sink in, but then I realized that this father he was talking to was God. He was pleading to God for God to forgive us. I'd never heard anything like it. Forgiveness and no hate. I shook my head in wonder and got on with my job. One of the perks of the job is that whatever the ones we're to crucify have when they get to us, we get to keep. So having stripped them, we got down to divide up their clothes between us, probably worth a few pennies. But this Jesus had a really nice garment woven all in one piece and we didn't see the point of ruining its value by ripping it up to share between ourselves so we threw dice to see who get it. I guess it was my lucky day. As I was smiling to myself at my good fortune, I noticed Jesus once again. He couldn't care less about his clothes. Instead, he's looking towards some people in the crowd. I turned to see who he was looking at and there in the crowd were some people whose sadness seemed to flow from their faces. I guess it must have been his family, some women and a man. Now, once you're on one of them crosses, life ain't easy because they're designed to give maximum pain. You breathe in okay, but to breathe out, you've got to push down on your feet, feet nailed in place. So breathing's a bit of an issue, which also means speaking's pretty tough. But Jesus sees these people and looks with such love towards one of the women. It didn't take a genius to realize it was probably his mother. And he says, dear woman, then he indicates with his head to the man standing nearby her and carries on, Here is your son. Then he turns his eyes to the man and with a knowing look he says, Here is your mother. At that the man moved next to the woman. Even as he was dying, this Jesus was still looking after his family. Honestly, the next thing that happened had me shaking my head in disbelief. You see, the level of hatred towards this Jesus bloke was off the chart. All kinds of well-to-do people coming by to shout out all kinds of stuff at him. Even the criminals on the other two crosses mocked him, at least at first. But then one of the criminals stopped his mocking 
Maybe he heard what Jesus said to us and to his mother. Or maybe it was the hatred of the leaders, I don't know, it's beyond me. But for a while, this other criminal just watched and listened. Then he seemed to just snap. The first criminal had been using his energy up, throwing hate at Jesus along with all the others. But then this second criminal takes a breath, pushes down on his feet, and almost as if he doesn't feel it, he shouts at the first criminal, Don't you fear God? We've been condemned the same as him, yet we deserve it for all the things we've done. But this man's innocent. That shut the other one up for a while. Then this criminal turns as best he can towards Jesus, and pushing down again so he could speak, he asks, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Kingdom? What kingdom? He seems to think that Jesus was some kind of king. Maybe it was the sign the governor had had nailed on the cross above Jesus' head, which read, King of the Jews. And it was all a bit beyond me, and I just snorted. Anyway, I knew what this man was like. He was scum. He was right. He did deserve to be on that cross. And there was no way I could see Jesus was wanting to talk to the likes of him. But again, Jesus didn't follow the rules. Instead, taking a breath and pushing down in his own feet, Jesus turned as best he could toward that criminal and said, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in the Garden of Delights. I stood there shaking my head. Something was going on that was beyond my understanding. And a change came over that criminal, or maybe I should say something changed, intangible but real. But what really scared me was that I found I didn't doubt what Jesus said. Strange things happened from about midday. It was as if the sun didn't want to shine anymore and darkness covered everywhere from what I could tell. The hours ticked by with the three of them on their crosses unable to do much more than survive. But at about three in the afternoon, the silence of slow death was suddenly shattered. Jesus cried out in a way that seemed impossible. And he cried out in words and a language I didn't know, but they were words from deep inside him. It was as if the whole of Jesus sobbed them out, words of a broken heart. He cried out, Eli, Eli, Lima Sakbanthani which I later found out means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Things were moving fast for Jesus. You could tell the end was close. And now, from hours of bleeding and dying on the cross, gently he said, I'm thirsty. And someone lifted a sponge up to him to take a drink. When people die from crucifixion, usually it's a quiet affair as they expire. But as I said before, Jesus wasn't following the rules because after he'd had a drink, it was as if there was a change. Moments before, it was as if his heart was broken, but then with power, a strength the likes of which he shouldn't really have had, he cries out, it is finished. I, I didn't know what was finished, but there was a new strength in him, a joy of some kind. Somehow, whatever he'd done or finished had changed everything. Then once again in a loud voice, not a moan or a murmur like the others died, clearly and for all to hear he cries out, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Then it was as if he dismissed his spirit and then he was dead. I saw it. I saw it all. And when he died, a death the likes I've never seen before, I praised the God he talked to the God he called Father and said, 
Surely this man was the Son of God.' 